The show starts in three, two, one. There goes that man's jockstrap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Golf Kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Canadips. Rep Sports. Buy Smooth My Balls. And buy Streamer Loot. Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Let's see what Austin and Colin are diving into today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 92 of In a League of Their Own podcast. Today, interesting sports fact. I'm going to take you back to the year I was born in 1992 when Tiger Woods was just 16 years old when he made his PGA debut. He ended up missing the cut and he went on to become one of the greatest golfers of all time. Um, He didn't end up getting his first win until the 1996 um, season, which he only qualified for. He made 11 starts, 10 cuts made, and he ended up winning two tournaments that year. And then going on to win his first major in 1997, which lo and behold, his career, he would go on to win 82 official PGA Tour events, including 15 majors, which has him second all time on the list. Um, he's three behind the great old Jack Nicholas. <clears throat> However, Tiger does have more wins total um, than Jack. Um, pretty amazing career, um, what he's done. He's also spent the most consecutive and cumulative weeks at the number one the world rankings. And he's also one of five players of all time to have won all four major championships in your career known as the Grand Slam. He was the youngest to do so as well. And he is the only player to have consecutively won all four major championships open to professionals, accomplishing that feat in 2000 to the 2001 season. So he literally swept. That's amazing. How many times is that? Is I, I mean, grand, grand slams, like I think of like tennis too, but Alfie had like, if you have it up, but. I'm just, I wonder how much that's even been done in like golf history. To win it all. All, yeah, four, to, all four is yeah. five times. He's the fifth person to do it. Oh, okay. So it hasn't happened a lot then. Yeah. He went 20 for 20 with nine wins, three major wins that season. And then in the combined two years, because obviously it's just, it's just like a 365 day season. He had 39 starts. He won 14, uh, or excuse me, yeah, 14 regular tournaments, swept the major championships, and he made $14.7 million, $14. million during that year. Um, turns out by the end of his, like, super run in 2007, before he started having all of his injuries and all that stuff, he was estimated to be worth $600 million. Um, he was the greatest, made the most ever in the history of uh, golf. And, yeah, just paid a tribute to Tiger Woods. Hopefully he can get back from that car accident. And he's only three behind 
to be literally straight out the greatest golfer of all time. And I really hope he makes a comeback. Yeah, I mean, this probably seems like his most significant injury he's dealt with, just with the timetable that it's taking for him to come back. But at the same time, like knee surgeries, ankle surgeries, broken legs, like basically broken back. He's all come back from before. So, but he is getting older. So I'm sure those injuries get harder and harder as you get older. But yeah, yeah. He golfed seven, he golfed seven, entered seven tournaments last year. He ended up making the cut every single time, and he had the one win. Yeah, I mean, he's still winning, dude. 2018-19, 12 starts, nine cuts made, one win, one major win. I mean, and then the year before that, 17-18, one win. Like... Put him in the field. He's got a shot. <laughs> yeah, you know he's got a shot. Like he made, he hits shots that people don't don't hit, and that's one of the reasons why he was in the PGA Tour when he was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Which is unheard of nowadays. Usually, like 18, 19 is usually like the youngest. Because what was Morikawa 19 or 20 when he started? Yeah, I don't know. Back then, you used to be able to golf pro and college. Cause he went to Stanford. Mm-hmm. That's where he golfed. And like, I don't think you can do both now. Which I mean, I feel like most would say fuck college and go make millions. But I mean, like basketball, some of them come straight out of high school or do a one and done kind of thing. Like, yeah, you could stay in college or you could go make millions of dollars, especially in golf where you could literally be outside the top 10 and you're making millions of dollars. Yeah, 94 when he was at Stanford. He enrolled in fall of 94. They won the national championship, 94. And then he participated in majors when he was a sophomore in college. And later that year, he won- dude, what dude, what a sophomore year of college. Listen to this. So participated in the, in the Masters, makes the cut, then became the first golfer to win three consecutive U.S. amateur titles, and he won the NCAA, NCAA Individual Golf Championship. All so in one year? All his sophomore year of college. <laughs> so you played in a major, won an event, and won the NCAA National Individual Championship all in one year. And then he left college after that season. He moved out to Cali. Hmm. Got to get a deal with Nike right out the gate in 97. When he, or 96, excuse me, when he moved out to California. 800,000 bucks, which is a lot. Yeah, for 20, almost 30 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, it says from 96 to 2007, the prime time of his career, he made $769 million in golf. Just from earnings? Well, from his sponsorships, but all oh. like from, from golf, obviously, because golf's how he got all of his. So that, inclu- so that includes like his tournament winnings? Plus all yeah, of his endorsements and stuff. Nike, all that. Oh, okay. Which I'm sure is he, an absurd amount of money. And I'm sure all those guys that have been our legends of the game, like him, MJ, LeBron, I'm sure he 
had businesses that he owned or like partial ownership of this or that to where stuff that doesn't show up on paper, he's probably making money aside from that too. It said in 2009, Forbes confirmed that Woods was the first professional athlete to earn over a billion dollars in his career. <laughs> that same year, he was estimated net worth of $600 million just himself, making him the second richest person of color in the U.S. behind Oprah. <laughs> so, yeah, what an incredible career that he had, and hopefully he can come back. Yeah. So then jumping into our NFL talk for the day, our uh, NFL Monday breakdowns here. Um, I guess we'll kick things off with what was uh, an injury bug going around yesterday. Um, One being uh, Browns receiver Jarvis Landry went out of the game with a knee injury yesterday. he had tests today that confirmed an MCL sprain. Um, from looking around, there's nothing as far as the timetable yet. Um, I mean, an MCL sprain could be four to six weeks. It could be you're done for the year. It all depends on the severity of it. But um, And that's a team that's still waiting for Odell Beckham Jr. to come back. So I wonder if that speeds up his process. Maybe we see him week three, because I know he was questionable for this past weekend. Um but at the same time, if they're winning games without their best two best receivers, why rush to get him back? So I guess we'll kind of see what happens with those two. Yeah, there was 40 starters that were injured yesterday. Unreal. Yeah. Um, speaking about the Jarvis Landry injury, MCL, um, not going to be as long as ACL or ACL or ACL or PCL. Um, MCL is one of the quicker ones that'll get healed quicker. Um, expect him to miss some time and then Baker too. I think before the game that they were saying week four, week five was what he was striving to get back for hundred percent. So I think it might be another week or two before we see him back on the field. Um, another huge injury, Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz, um, it says that he exited in the fourth quarter with an apparent ankle injury. Turns out he ended up spraining both his left ankle and his right ankle, hmm. um, both of them at the same time on the play where um, Aaron Donald was wrapped around his ankles and he still like whipped his body around to throw the ball. Turns out he did want to come back in the game. He tried to want to come back in the game after they taped him up, but they told him to not, not worry about it. Um, he's undergoing evaluation today, and we're going to see the severe severeness of how bad this bad this is for him because sprains are worse than breaks, and this is going to especially both ankles. I couldn't only imagine doing both at the same time mm-hmm. and having quarterback and run away from defensive linemen. Yeah, off. I think he's going to be missing some time. Yeah, I mean, some quarterbacks get away with it where they can favor one leg over the other, but if you're both your legs are fucked, you can't favor, I guess, whichever one hurts less, favor that one more. I don't know, but, but yeah. Um, I mean, it sucks to see his career kind of just be a shit show out the gate from his time in Philly of never really staying healthy. Um, I mean, J- like Jacob Easton came in for the rest of the game and I kind of got to watch the end of it. They didn't really, like... That was the first game that it like clicked in my head as to like what NF like NFL teams are doing, and that makes no sense. Having a backup quarterback 
where he comes in and you run the ball 99% of the time. What's the point of paying a guy millions of dollars? He's your backup guy. If number one guy goes down, you're up next to lead this team. You take the ball out of his hands. He only had a couple pass attempts through that entire fourth quarter. I must not have seen that, but um, but yeah, he didn't have that many attempts. I'll have to pull it up to see what he ended up with for um, he had five attempts, two for five, and an interception. Yeah, his first pass was a pick six that he came into the game. Oh, but still, like you're at home, your team's down. You're in a three-point game against the Rams. You're going to looking like they're going to be one of the best teams in the league this year, and you only let him throw the ball five times. Well, they were winning when he came in. Oh yeah, that's right. He threw the pick six right away to, to Jalen Ramsey, I do believe. And then after that, they're just like, "You're not fucking throwing the ball again." And they ran the ball the rest of the game because. He's he was not ready. He looked decent in preseason, but that right there was an example of oh, he looked good in preseason. How about going against starters? Like, yeah, he looked like a, a deer in headlights. He looked like he did not know what was going on, and it was obvious that after those first couple passes, especially the first one that was pick six, coach said, "You're not fucking ruining this game for us. See, we're gonna try to run it all the way down the field." Yeah, I mean. I, like, of course he's not your guy. He's not getting the week one rep or the QB one reps for the whole practices and working up to it. So obviously well, he he's going to be out of the loop. Though. Well, not for this week. I'm saying he like he wasn't. But it's like when you have a young guy who's trying to build confidence, that tears down his confidence that much more. To where a guy throws a pick six, you throw. Look at Joe Burrow. He's only a second-year quarterback. Threw a pick six, three consecutive, one, three consecutive, pick one, pick nine, one ninety-nine. Like Tom Brady, it doesn't matter if you're in the NFL. You gotta make the most of your opportunity. Yeah, but he isn't their franchise quarterback at the same time. Well, then they're gonna keep losing football games. Yeah, without Carson Wentz, they're kind of fucked. Or unless Even they. With him. You I'm saying let the guy doing. let the young guy go loose. Like you're you're restraining the guy, you're destroying his confidence. Oh, he threw a pick six. Oh, we're gonna shut you down. Let the guy go out there and learn from his mistakes. You're already down in the game at that point. You can't lose whether you lose by three, or you lose by 30, a loss is a loss. Let him go out there and try to make the best of it. And that just makes you think of like other situations I've seen over the years of watching football where QB1 goes down, QB2 comes in, run the ball 99% of the time because they don't trust their backup. They don't have a backup. Fucking run wildcat the rest of the game if you're not going to trust the guy. It was just, it was, I don't know. If this was the first game I've, or I mean, this has happened dozens upon dozens of times watching the NFL throughout the years. That is the NFL. But this is the first time where it like frustrated me as to like, I mean, the ground game, they did they barely get over 100 yards? Jonathan Taylor, 51 yards rushing. Not that impressive. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Rams defense is a great defense, but still, your run game. If your run game was going great all game, yeah, fine. Keep the run game going, but your run game's struggling. You throw a pick six, like I yeah, don't they know. out they outran the outran the Rams by eight yards. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That was just how I felt about that game. It just I don't know. It was frustrating to see when the game's on the line, you take the ball out of your 
game manager, your field general's hands and put it into a second year backs hands who only had 51 yards on the ground for the day. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, they did put it in his hands and he blew it that first pass. Like pressure on the line. All you had to do is clock manage and go down the field without turning the ball over and you win the game. Yeah. What do you do? Pick six right away. Like, I, I understand what you're saying completely, but also at the same time, the Colts, they're under pressure to win now, especially with the hard knocks thing being involved too. Like they're under a lot of pressure to win. And that just didn't help, you know, it didn't help their case that they had a backup quarterback, which usually happens, comes in the game, isn't ready unless they get the reps against first string players in practice. They ain't getting the reps and they're not going to be that successful. It just doesn't, it just doesn't, you learn, you got to get experience by playing, you know, by playing. And unfortunately in his position, you got Wentz ahead of you, unless he's out, you're not going to play. So maybe this is his chance where if Wentz is out this week, he has the game plan where he's QB one and this is a shot. Maybe he gets redemption. I hope he gets redemption, but also at the same time, it's a a very big mistake to make. Um, having your chance up and you end up losing the game for your team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it goes like both ways. You mentioned, like Joe Burrow. It's like, yeah, he threw three picks in a row and then he threw two touchdowns after that in a row. Like five passes, three touch, three picks, two touchdowns. Like, and I don't even want to say that the Bears won that game because Justin Fields, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. He's not even looking as good as everybody who's calling his name thought that he was going to be. Um, yeah, he showed his little bit of mobility with his legs and whatnot, but throwing the ball, I think he went six for 13, not a whole bunch. Um, he had the fumble. I, I think he ended up getting that back, got sacked a handful of times. You could just tell he's not ready to be mm-hmm. in that. His false starts, even where he was jittery, falling back on his cadences, expecting the ball. That was interesting to see. I haven't seen that in a while. He did that like two or three times on the same drive where he like wanted the ball and he was like falling backwards and they called false start on him because he's technically moving. But um, yeah, officiating is a whole other story. Yeah, that, that was that was a mess yesterday too. Some Even of the college. Did you see the Penn State where they made him punt on third down? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That I mean that that's a mental error on both on both teams, but yeah, like the refs like the refs are supposed the line judges are supposed to like pull up to where the quarterback looks to either either line judge and they're supposed to have the obviously the correct down up and I mean, you think somebody upstairs would like you know what I mean? There's hundreds of people, hundreds of coaches combined between both teams. You think somebody had been like uh, it's third down, and then like t- call timeout, call timeout. We got to fix this. Nobody like, yes, as much as the refs are to blame, so are the other, both teams for not catching it. Just with how fast fo- the game of football is now, too, I'm surprised that that doesn't happen more often. To where these refs are just on top, like how good they are on top of things. And this one time that they kind of have a mental lapse, uh, nobody paid attention to it. But yeah, it definitely because who punt was it Penn State who punted or was it Auburn? Penn State punted. It was oh. third and eight. 
and it was like, you have so many plays when it's third and eight. It's not like it was fourth and two. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I mean, Penn State ended up winning the game. I guess it would have been more controversial if they ended up, would have ended up losing had, like, that play turned out differently. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, that was definitely a weird thing to see. But, yeah, um, I guess going back to Justin Fields, uh, the Bears came out and said today that Andy Dalton is still going to be the starter if he remains healthy. Uh, and early tests showed no ACL tear in that uh, left knee. So, um, obviously, the Bears are even after – that's probably if Fields would have went out there through two or three touchdowns and just led the team. I think that I can't remember who was on the call, who was commentating the game, but they're even saying they're like, if you're Matt Nagy, if Justin Fields comes out right now and balls out, is he your starter? And they both agree like, yeah, he could be your starter going forward. If he goes out, leads the team two or three drives, touchdown on every drive, like no picks looks great, but that was definitely not the the case. Yeah. (laughs) Wait till you play the Packers. Wait till you play the Vikings. Wait till you play a team with some real defense. Um, I'm not saying that the Bengals are a weak team by any means. They ended up beating the Vikings week one, but that was all the Vikings shooting themselves in the foot. Um, Kind of like the Bears almost ended up giving this away back to the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Um, Bears defense, though, looked very great. Very, very, very good. Um, I'd have to say they looked the second best defense all day. I'd have to give the nod to the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders, I should say. Um, they gave it to Pittsburgh. I know they ended up giving up 17 points still, but they f- they gave it to them. And Derek Carr, MVP conversation. Yeah, I know when we were talking about it last night, I I I was right there with you, kind of throwing his name into the conversation. Um, obviously, had a great game. Um, I mean, even like you said, you had to give up 17 points, but in today's NFL, you keep a team under 20. That's a hell of a game. Yes. Teams. Right, oh, sorry. I was just going to say right now, he's got almost 200 more yards in the next quarterback. And Kyla Murray's in second. Yeah. I mean, otherwise Tom Brady, he's got nine touchdowns through two weeks. Um, nine touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. He's. Mahomes has the best QBR of 131. Brady's got uh, the most touchdowns with nine. Kyler Murray, he's right there in the middle, 121.5, and he's got seven touchdowns. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting season, how the shake, how it shakes out, because you have Russell Wilson, six touchdowns, no picks. He's got a 146.9, which is damn near perfect passer rating. And they have him listed as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth on the list. Yeah. I feel like to start at the gate, though, by week four, then you start to see some guys kind of fall off. Because Kirk Cousins is five touchdowns, no picks. Bridget yeah. Four touchdowns, no picks. I mean, and then Herbert's at four on the list, and he's got two touchdowns, three picks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess sticking with these two teams, the remaining two undefeated AFC teams, Raiders, Broncos. I mean, hats off to these two teams. I feel like nobody would have saw this coming. I mean, the Raiders maybe a little bit. It's not as much of a surprise, but the Broncos, who I know both of us along with 
every analyst preseason was had them probably in the bottom bottom five, bottom ten teams in the league coming into the year. Um, yeah, I mean, they're in a tough AFC West. Uh, right now, the Raiders and the Broncos are at the top of that division with the Chiefs and Chargers now behind them. So, so long as they can keep winning games, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's very early, but right now as it sits, the Chiefs, in my opinion, are barely the third best team in that division right now. Um, I guess going into the um, Cowboys Chargers game, the Chiefs would be the only non-undefeated team in that division if it weren't for some bad calls and a couple miscues on offense by the Chargers. Um, the what was it? The oh, the illegal formation on the Jared Cook touchdown that got called back. Yeah, he was in, he was in motion and apparently didn't get set, but by NFL rules, you can have a guy moving even at the, when the ball is hiked. So I don't know like what they saw there that they called that illegal motion, but that took, that took a touchdown off the board. Very next play, Justin Herbert trying to make a football move, stiff arming a guy to get the ball back downfield, call them down for like a 20 yard loss, settle for a field goal. And then Dallas comes back in the next drive and wins the game. So I mean, with that being said, I'm going to say that the Chiefs are the worst team in that division right now because the Chargers should have won that game. Um, but, yeah. Um, going into then uh, the game of the week that we kind of – we both settled on as one to watch. Uh, definitely didn't disappoint. was a bit, very big defensive battle, uh, 49ers and Eagles. Uh, 49ers ended up getting the win 17-11. to Um I mean, again, if if you're a team, if you're a person looking for a lot of touchdowns, a lot of offense, it's sort of been a boring game for you to watch. But till the fourth quarter, yeah, till the fourth quarter where there's eighteen uh, points got scored. Yeah, 20, 28 total points in the game. Eighteen of them were scored in one quarter. And there's a yeah a three point third first quarter and a zero point third quarter overall. So yeah, it was a very defensive game going back and forth. Um, was there a lot of turnovers? No. no, zero turnovers. Wow. Yeah, I didn't get, I just got to kind of watch the highlights now and then as the game was going on. I didn't get to see this one live, but, um, I don't know. I was watching the Carolina Panthers whoop the shit out of them Saints. Yeah, that, Another another team put in the league on watch, the freaking Panthers. Um, Sam Darnold is pretty good in Carolina. Yeah, which goes to show that he was not the problem in New York. New York was the problem in New York. Um, Darnold leaves there, goes to the Panthers. Um, yeah, but is that the same problem, though, for Zach Wilson? I don't know, dude. I, mean, I don't think I remember uh, Sam Darnold's ever went three for seven, three picks. Uh, I remember him having three, four interception games in his rookie year. He wasn't, he was terrible too in his rookie year, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he had equal or equal to or more interceptions and touchdowns in his rookie year, actually, when he was with the Jets. 
his most that he's thrown in a year was 15. Was that his rookie year? Yeah, he threw 17 touchdowns, 15 picks. Okay, so yeah, not very good if you're throwing basically equal touchdowns to equal picks in a season. But what's Zach Wilson's stats? Two touchdowns, five picks. That's what he's on right now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that um, their second their second pick in the draft, Mekhi Becton, he was out for the, the game, um, got injured week one, bring in protection, and then you lose the guy. So, And I believe Bill Belichick is undefeated against rookie quarterbacks. I think he fucking eats them alive. I don't, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that, that Patriots defense yesterday smothered, wasn't even – any any little momentum that the Jets got, and it wasn't very much. It was like a couple little chunk plays here and there. The Patriots either got a turnover or shut them down immediately. Like there was no like looking at the like kind of looking at this game yesterday as it happened. At no point was it like oh the Jets got a chance. It's like I mean at one point it was a one possession to two possession game for maybe two and a half three quarters of the game. Uh, the Patriots had a nine-point third quarter. That's where it kind of but got busted open. But for the first two quarters, it was a two-possession game, but they looked like they were down by six possessions the whole time. That's just how the game looked pretty much. Yeah, and then Mac Jones, you look at him too. Um, no touchdowns, no picks. That game was all field goals, all field goal kicking. Whoever had that field goal kicker, four for four, uh, did a lot of work for you yesterday. <laughs> and then that defense, I believe they had picked six right away. Um, and I think they also had a fumble for a touchdown. Uh, four ended up four interceptions, zero fumbles on the day. Yeah. Jets one time of possession by five minutes. <laughs> Had more passing and rushing yards, more total yards, more yards per play. So on paper, the Jets' offense looked better, but when you Patriots' defense whooped them, yeah, efficiency. Four, I mean, four, yeah, four interceptions. You turned all those into field goals, and they only punted once. But they yeah. guess they did have four picks though. Yeah. So that's a punt too. I mean, because you only get you only get really four to seven, eight possessions a game, depending on again if how big lucky. of a defensive battle it is. And when you give half of them away or more than half of them away in interceptions, I guess that I guess that makes sense. The D, why the Jets would have more yards because they were on the field more, throwing more interceptions, <laughs> giving the Patriots short fields to work with to go score points. And they ended up just getting field goals because Mac Jones only had like 180 yards. Mm-hmm. And yeah, White had, did run for a touchdown. Yeah, right. they had two yards or two touchdowns on the ground. Damian Harris and White had their only two touchdowns on the game. But yeah, watching and then watching the Cowboys game yesterday, people saying Dak's back. I didn't see Dak back yesterday. No, no it, touchdowns through a pick. Um, that game was a lot of, I feel like, full of mistakes all over the field. Granted, it was a great game to watch because mistakes were happening on both sides, but uh, it was a very sloppy game to watch. Slow, very slow game to watch. Mm-hmm. My, my one takeaway from this, agreeing with you that Dak didn't 
wow me in any way. Um, the Cowboys run game, two yards shy of 200 yards in the game. And it wasn't what people are going to think. Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard is kind of taking over that team as the with the running back one. Week one, he, he led the team for rushing yards. Week two, 13 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, Zeke Elliott had a touchdown, but it was like a three-yard run from right inside the red zone, so it wasn't anything special. Um, so Zeke runs up the middle, and Tony Pollard runs to the outside. I mean, yards are yards. Because <laughs> what McCarthy said is that they're saving Zeke for the end of the season, postseason, where he's going to be taking the bulk of the carries, especially since how many carries, touches that he has in his career. It's impressive that he's still running at this rate, what he's doing. Like he, people wondered if he's got the girly effect, if he's going to burn out from getting so many touches and he hasn't so far. Yeah. He's been pretty resilient. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have shorter runs, but I don't know. Like I said, I still think Tony Pollard, like he, he's in less carries has more yards, both week one and week two. Um, well, week one against the Bucks, I feel like they didn't run the ball. <laughs> I feel like they didn't run the ball 20 times the whole game. So that I guess that was kind of a small sample size week one. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not – Zeke has had – last year and the year before were kind of down years for him, and this year he's off to a slow start. So hopefully, like you said, they're just trying to keep him or give him longevity for to go the whole season. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to – baby him too much because then that's how injuries happen down the stretch when games get more physical more endurance you got to build up your stamina your all that hits and if you're kind of taking it easy for the first quarter of the season then it'll it might come back to bite you later at the same time yeah I, I don't know I just think he's one of the greatest running backs He's only only twice he's not hit a thousand yards, and he was only twenty yards shy both seasons. Otherwise, he's hit thirteen hundred or more every single season. And last season, both seasons that he didn't cross that mark is they managed his carries. He didn't have over two hundred and fifty carries, whereas other seasons he had upwards of three hundred and twenty. So that's so many more carries. Yeah. <laughs> And he's got a lot of wear and tear on him. And like I said, for fantasy, Tony Pollard would be the way to go for fantasy. But as far as most valuable, most important, it's definitely Zeke. He's he's the most important person to that offense. He goes how the Cowboys go because Dak is – he can throw for 500 yards, but you still lose the game. Where if Zeke's running for five touchdowns, you're going to win the game because you're controlling the clock. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just think he's going to go down as one of the greatest running backs if he can stay healthy of all time. He's got almost 7,000 yards already. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Um, I guess let him eat. speaking of controlling the game, um, the only shutout on the day, uh, Bills 35, Dolphins 0, as Tua went down in the first quarter with a hip injury. Ribs. Or a ribs injury. Um, sticking with that, looks like he's day to day with that rib injury. Um, he could be back for week for next week, uh, though I'm sure they won't push it. Jacoby Brissett is a decent backup to have. 
Um, only 169 yards on 40 attempts, though. That's not that great. But... Two-hole play. They'll make him a flak jacket or something that ain't going to hurt him because he's got four bruised ribs. Oh, they're not so, even broken? No. Oh, okay. If they're broken, he'd be out for who knows how long. Because you couldn't breathe without your whole body hurting with broken ribs. Yeah. And they wouldn't let him play with broken ribs because if he gets hit one way, one of those could puncture your lug and your toast. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, look to see them make some sort of machinery flak jacket type that I believe Drew Brees, I th- believe wore last year when he came back from his rib injury yeah they made him one of those things i think they're going to make him a similar one of those where you can still take hits and whatever and it's not going to actually allow any pressure to like get to him yeah he's going to be in pain but i think he's going to be out there playing if if obviously the pain's not too tolerable but yeah it doesn't help second play of the game you give up a 70 yard touchdown run um i don't even remember how many turnovers they had it was just a unbelievable game. Three turnovers. They allowed six sacks, punted five times. Yeah, it was not a good game for the Miami Dolphins yesterday. Um, the Bills oh, the, scratch the, that and move on. Yeah. I mean, the Bills had two turnovers as well, so they're only minus one on the turnover differential. But, yeah. Yeah, Josh Either Allen way. is not looking the Josh Allen of last season so far this year. No. I mean, he's, he he's, looks like he's struggling. Yeah. But, I mean, That's yeah, really 30, yeah 30, 33 attempts for 179 yards. But, I, I mean, once you're up 21 nothing, then you turn over to the run game just to eat the clock out and get home kind of thing, too, where, I mean, if he, he passed the ball 33 times on a 35 nothing blowout, if it was a closer game, Fuck, he probably would have had 50 attempts then. <laughs> but yeah, under 50% completion though, so he wasn't throwing the ball good. No. Uh yeah, I was just gonna say Bill's defense, I guess, looked better than they did mm-hmm. week one, but I wouldn't say nothing to take home about. Um, Cardinals, you're lucky that you're undefeated still. You should have <laughs> lost. Uh, Minnesota, that's unfortunate that that's how you go down two weeks in a row with heartbreaking games like that. Um, Just very unfortunate for them. Kirk Cousins is looking great this season. I know Dalvin Cook, he went out with a little bit of an injured um, ankle. They said it was sprained, but taped it right back up, and he ended up coming back in the game. Um, That game's fun to watch, though. The end is very Cardinal scoring on one play. Vikings defense basically giving them the game and then your kicker shanks one. Um, I just, what a way to lose. Um, yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy game to watch just like the Titans and Seahawks too. Yeah. As weird as it is to say the Minnesota Vikings at Owen two, probably the best looking Owen two team right now. They're literally, they're one play. They're two plays away from being a two and O team right now. One 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 play from the Bengals game, and then obviously that missed kick. They'd be at the top of the NFC North right now if it, if those two plays they found out a way to get them to go their way. So yeah, it sucks being zero two to start the year, but an zero two Vikings is leaps and bounds better than zero two Jets <laughs> I'll, I'll, or Jags. I'll put it that way. 
yeah, as you mentioned, going into then the Titan Seahawks game, um, Pete Carroll's first uh, home open opener loss as a Seahawk coach. He was 15 and all going into yesterday's game. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry. Give it to the king. Week one, it was kind of iffy. Oh, this is a guy who ran over 2,000 yards last year. Over five yards to carry for two, 182 yards and three toddies on the day. Um, and the super stiff arm where he basically fucking threw the guy out of bounds. Yeah, against, <laughs> against the Seahawks defense that is... Very good. Uh, that's been very good for a very long time. So, um, yeah, hats off to Tennessee going into Seattle. Um, one of the hardest places to go in and get a win in the National Football League. Uh, yeah, Seattle had a chance. Tennessee punted it. Seattle punted it right back. Uh, again, hats off to Tennessee to, to uh, pin them back to get great field position, basically in field goal range uh, off the punt. I think they're at the, like the 40 or 41 yard line to start the drive. And you just turn and hand it off to Henry to get you in field goal range. So uh, yeah, that was a great game. Yeah. And shout out again. Um, probably I'd say, one of the most clutch defensive performances I've seen being down 24 to nine um, at half and then pitching them to two field goals in the second half. Um, you allowed your team to get back in the game and Tennessee never abandons the run because you never, you never know when he can break one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a perfect example there of, yeah, you're down in the game. Doesn't mean pass the ball three times and go three and out and just throw the game away. But not every team has Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's <laughs> A true. guy that on a bad run falls forward and gets three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one team that did, that did abandon the run that has a top five running back, Browns week one, which we talked about last week with them abandoning the run that Chiefs lost. And that's lost. why they lost. And that's why they lost. Nick Chubb is gashing him for four or five yards to carry. You put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands, who isn't ready to completely take a team over and be one of the elite quarterbacks, and they lost. So Tennessee out time possessed them by almost 20 minutes on the dot. <laughs> 42 33 to 22 42. That's unreal. <laughs> and they had 31 more plays as well. That's Probably cool. all runs. <laughs> That's a half, almost a half, full half of having the ball more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then moving over, I guess with uh, Browns talk, uh, they bounced back from their week one loss against a Houston team that looked really good week one. Uh, they get the 31-21 win over the Texans. Uh. Again, another one of the many injuries that happened. Tyrod Taylor goes down. He should have won if he didn't go down. Yeah, and you're perfect. 10 for 11 when he went out in the game. Um, yeah. Uh, he was having an MVP-type season to start. Yeah. And thank God it's nothing crazy. Um, he's day-to-day. Hopefully, he's supposed to be back for this next week. Um, but – who knows if they're going to push it this early when still the whole Deshaun Watson situation is up in the air, because I do believe that they said that he is still remaining inactive for this weekend. It's actually, they have a short week. They have Thursday night against the Panthers. So yeah. they, they only have two days. Push it. Yeah. I wouldn't. No, 
you have 15 more games. Mm-hmm. Why blow it in week three? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Texans, again, one of those teams right there that were kind of wrote off for the year. Um, Team again, full of people that don't want them. Like, yeah. everybody sends their shit players to the Texans, and Tyrod Taylor spoke about that when he was on the Pat McAfee show about how ever since he got there, the aura that that team has is everybody's here to work. We're here to win. We want to prove everybody wrong that fucking dissed us and sent us to the mm-hmm. Texans. Kind of reminds me of uh, – I mean, for this upcoming NHL season, like when you will see the crack and basically it's a, their first year is a revenge tour. It's all the, every game, it's somebody's probably playing against a team that didn't want them. They, they're unprotected. Oh yeah, I have them. We don't want them. So very similar situation there where again, Texans full of players that either were second, third, fourth, fifth strings on other teams. Yeah, I have this guy. We don't want him. Here's a couple, or we'll take him for a couple, um, for a seventh round pick. And then you have a team of misfits that are playing some pretty good football. Um, Game last night. What a thriller. Ravens yeah. take down the Chiefs. Um, I mean, Ravens never gave up. And you could tell Lamar Jackson really wanted to win that game so bad. But all because of the ETN's fumble. Um, game over. Edwards Alaire or Edwards Alaire, excuse me. Yeah, yeah he um, he ruined the game. He like he literally lost the game for him because me and you were texting, and I was like, I feel it. I felt a pick, and it wasn't a pick. And then I was like, he threw that ball for like twenty yards right over the middle, and I was like, oh, one more play like that, and it's over. Ran, fumbled the ball, and yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's it. His game, mm-hmm. and there it was. As much as it's a miss, a mishap by Edwards Alaire, it's a mishap by the Chiefs taking the ball out of your half a billion dollar quarterback's hands. You're marching down the field, a first down on all three of your first, all three of your pass attempts going down on that drive. Um, obviously, it's it's more risky. What because they were in field goal range, so obviously it's more risky that all right, let's turn and hand the ball off. But at the same time, if you're gashing guys for 10, 20 yards on every throw, keep doing it. Like they're not stopping you. It's late fourth quarter, week two, guys are still aren't fully mid-season form condition. They're getting gassed. Um, teams have <laughs> a 35-36 game, a game where the defenses were on the field a lot, couldn't get off the field, allowing touchdown after touchdown back and forth. Um, yeah. Sucks Edwards Alaire put on the ground, but like I said, also sucks that the Chiefs uh, coaches took the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands at the end as well. Yeah, um, that one pick that he threw, I feel like costed them the game. That mm-hmm. was it. Like he he lost. Like that was a turn a mistake that ended up costing them the game as well. And I know everybody who ended up throwing money down on the Ravens yesterday ended up winning a ton due to. Patrick Mahomes prior to yesterday was 11 0, 11 and 0 in the month of September, 37,000 or 3,700 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, and no picks up till yesterday. And they ended up getting stomped. Lamar Jackson called the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes as kryptonite. He avenged that. Um, like you said, this Chiefs team doesn't look like the Chiefs team that we've seen in the past. Um, 
Now, is that just them starting slow out of the blocks because it is also week three as well? Or do they have some issues there? I guess we'll see as the season goes forward. But that all leads us to tonight's game. Yeah, there's actually one more Sunday game that we skipped over. Uh, Broncos-Jags, uh, I guess briefly talk about it. Again, Broncos moved to 2-0 and on the year. Went into Jacksonville, got a uh, win against um, – Urban Myers kind of distraught Jags, the whole controversy of um, him possibly leaving for the USC job, um, just that whole organization still in disarray. Uh, Urban Meyer gave some, I guess, convincing words saying that they're keen taking it, that they're going to uh, put their head to the grindstone and keep going, um, which, I mean, is obviously good to say. You got to, as the head of that organization, you got to keep your confidence because the second you let your guard down, your players are going to let theirs down too. Um, Chiefs as offensive coordinators, actually. Eric Bieniemy is actually the name that's thrown out in the media that should be like, is like being coerced to like take the job. And he's came out and said that, why the fuck would I take that job when Prior in his career when he was coaching at Colorado University or something, the guy who's the athletic director of USC right now fired him back in the day. She's like, why would I go take that job when oh, they yeah. fired me once before? And he, like, clean house or something, like, got rid of the entire coaching staff? I think I heard. I don't remember. But, yeah, I, he's he said yeah. he put that to bed, too, basically saying, I ain't, I ain't going to take that. Yeah. Now, after the season, who knows? how things work out with the whole, all of the USC and the college world, because that's changing so fast. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence joins um, uh, Zach Wilson also in that five interception through first two games in the season. Um, Who was it? Nate Peterman. Uh, He was the ex uh, Bills quarterback and Raiders quarterback who was just, Terrible has one of the worst like touchdown to interception ratios in NFL history. Um, he's now not the lone quarterback to start a season with five picks in the first two games. Lawrence and Wilson now sit on that list with them. Yeah, hats off to the Broncos for certain two and oh. Yeah, wow. He's got four touchdowns, though, so knock to him being ahead so far. But QBR, he's behind Zach Wilson. He's got a 30.5. So Trevor Lawrence may not be all that in the NFL. Yeah, NFL sneaks up on you. Nobody cares how good you were in high school and college. (laughs) And then that takes us right over to tonight's game. Um, How do you think this is going to go? All week, or, uh, I've been kind of – I've had the same feeling that hasn't really changed. Um, obviously, I feel like the Packers should win this game by a lot. Uh, I think it's either they win by three four possessions or they're going to lose by a last-second field goal, last-second touchdown. No really in between. Lions aren't going to run away with this game. Packers aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, they had a decent game. Either they're going to blow them out of the water or they're going to shit the bed and move to 0-2 for the first time in almost a decade. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I think Rodgers is going to have a, a good revenge game, hopefully four or five touchdowns to combat his two picks from week one. 
Um, my score that I had for this game, I got Packers 42, Lions 17. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm, I don't know what, what to feel like in this game. Um, hearing a lot of former players and whatever commentate on this game, all of them not thinking the Packers are going to reach that 11 point win that is set on them. Um, I think the Packers are going to win 31. Thirty-one twenty-four by a touchdown. Uh, I think this is going to be a very close game. Detroit Lions under a new coach, Motor City Dan Campbell, full of energy. Um, he's going to have that team ready to play. They are going to be ready to play. If we come out slow out of the gates, I hope we don't. Um, but I, I really do feel like this is going to be a good game. Yeah, seven fifteen tonight. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, and so is one lucky fan who is one win away from turning a $25 16-team parlay into $736,000. The last team to do it tonight, he's got the Detroit Lions in a victory over the Green Bay Packers. So That's probably where most of that money's coming from because that's probably the, the biggest upset of the week out of those six, that 16-game parlay. Well, the Browns actually had a bigger... Margin. They were thirteen point favorites. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Record setting week in the NFL. Quarterbacks running. Uh. The average is near hundred yards. That was the most ever in league history. Um. Hearing. I'm excited to walk to hear the Manning brothers under the commentation tonight. Um. They're gonna have Pat McAfee joining them as well for the game commentary tonight. So I'm gonna be looking for that over on ESPN too. Sounds good. Then, yeah, that wraps things up for the NFL today. Um, over in the well, end, one more oh. thing: uh, Packers defensive lineman coach Jerry Montgomery is out on the Lions tonight due to COVID protocols. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Las Vegas Raiders placed Marcus Mariota on the injury reserve with a quadricep in uh, with a quad injury. Um, there was one more thing. Oh, probably the biggest thing right now. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have reached out to cornerback Richard Sherman and are awaiting a response. What do you think about that if they add him to the squad? Game over. Bucks back to back. <laughs> I mean, the, the Bucks look great as it is. You bring in another vet like that to the, to the young but very good secondary that in Tampa Bay. Um if there is a missing piece, sure, throw Sherman in there. But to replace their cornerback that dislocated his elbow week one. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if they make that move, good for them. I guess the rest of the NFL is going to be wincing if that does happen, though. Um, I guess there's one more thing I forgot to or to mention on here from going back to the 49ers game against the Eagles yesterday. 49ers on top of losing Raheem Mostert week one, they lose three more running backs in Sunday's game. Elijah Mitchell, Jamichael Hasty, and Trey Sermon all went down with injuries on Sunday. So um, look to them to maybe sign a free agent somewhere from around the league, as well as call up some guys in the practice squad. Uh, I don't know if any, 
as far as long term, what these guys are looking at. Um, I know Trace. I think Trace Sermons might have been the most severe. He got a concussion. Uh, Elijah Mitchell dislocated his right shoulder and shoulder. Hasty, it was an ankle injury. Um, Mitchell ended up coming back into the game and continuing to run, but Hasty and Sermon did not re-enter the game. Obviously, Sermon was in concussion protocol, and Hasty's ankle wasn't good enough to go. So I guess Trey Sermon came out of it the best then. Well, depending on concussion protocol, he could. Any bang to the head's always the worst. Yeah. I'd say concussion's worse than a broken leg, honestly. Long term. Yeah, long term, definitely. Um, so yeah, 49ers looking really good. Start the week or start the year two and zero on the road. Um, they go back home for Sunday night football next week when the Packers come to town. So that'll be another good game next week as well. Yeah, I know how you said that they may be looking to add another uh, running back into the mix. They they did sign Kerryon Johnson to the practice squad last week, so he may be one back who's a vet who may be taking some carries um, next week against the Packers. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Kerryon Johnson get another shot. I know he he was the workhorse from his time in Detroit, so um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him get back out on the field. And then quick shout out to Monday, uh, Monday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers um, made his debut on a Monday Night uh, Football game. So let's go. Was it against? Was it against the Bears? Baltimore Ravens. Oh, never mind. I'm thinking we of have fucking smoked. We got smoked. Oh yeah. I suppose back in 2000, would that have been 2008, 2009? We lost 48-3. to three. Yikes. Yeah, Rodgers always gives the Baltimore Ravens credit to helping him boost his stats because they let him go 8-15 of 15 for 65 yards because they were just playing back. <laughs> he got his feet wet. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he always gives a, a little nod to that game because it's – like one of the funniest things, like being down so far, and then him like getting to go and being like, "Yes, I get to get my feet wet." But yeah, cool little story there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then wrapping up with the NFL uh, over in the NBA, I didn't have anything for today. I don't know if you had anything to mention. Um, um not much except for Damian Lillard. Um, I guess featured in a music video where he pays homage to various iconic figures. I don't know if he did that himself or. I know he's in music now. Like he makes. Yeah, he has for a long time. He's his name is Dame Dalla. That's how mm-hmm. that's like his rap name. And he has for a long time. He's actually got a handful of stuff, but oh, looks like it is his song called him Duncan. So, um, Yeah. I guess it pays tribute to Biggie Smalls, um, Tupac, Tommy Smith, and John Carlos, the Black Gloves track people, um, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I guess there's a handful of things that he gives. So shout out. And obviously the out. obviously the song name him Duncan is referencing Tim Duncan. <laughs> You'd think so. Yeah. 
That's cool. I mean, his stuff I've seen, like I've seen in like the Hulu commercial. I think like all the Hulu commercials he's in, that's his music for those yeah, commercials. Yeah, he makes a lot of money from his music. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, good for him to be kind of a a, a two way guy. Great, great point guard in the NBA, and then makes decent music as well. So. Uh. Yeah, then that's all that all that's really going on in the NBA. I'll move over to the um actually let's go over to college football quick before I go into the MLB. Um a couple games to kind of make note of. Uh one the game of the week that we had uh kind of set our eyes on and threw a case of soda on it. Um uh Virginia, Virginia Tech versus West Virginia ended in fireworks after the Mountaineers watched a 17-point lead diminish in the second half, but would hang on for a goal to a goal line stand for a 27-21 victory. So, um, I mean, when you have that a rivalry that's been going on for a very long time, I mean, much like you'll see tonight, Lions Packers, it's going to be the probably the two hardest time or the hardest time you'll see these teams play each other versus playing out of conference teams. Um, always fun games to watch and probably the game that I, I mean, aside from this, that we called our game of the week, the actual game of the week, which actually turned out to be a good game of the week. The Florida Gators put the college football world on notice after going toe to toe with Alabama, who was a 14 point favorite, uh, Florida would fail on a late two point conversion to give Alabama the closest game that they've had in almost two years. Uh, 31, 29 was the final in that one. Yeah, that was a hell of a game to watch. Um, it didn't look like the normal Alabama team that we saw, though. A lot, a lot, a lot of penalties, a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes. Guarantee you we don't see that from the Alabama Crimson Tide the rest of the season. Yeah. Like I, like <laughs> like I said, said, early in the seasons where you're going to get yep. them to slip up and have a chance. Florida was going to be the last chance. Somebody had a, had a chance to go at them. Because that ain't happening anymore. No. And then lastly here, the AP poll updated today as Alabama still holds on to that top, uh, that number one spot. Um, Oregon moves up to three, and though they won, Clemson and Ohio State fall to nine and ten as both teams struggled against non-ranked teams uh, Saturday. Uh, Clemson only put up 14 against Georgia Tech. And, yeah, almost lost. If it wasn't for the rain delay, I guarantee you they would have lost. Yeah, probably, honestly. Dude, Georgia Tech had all the momentum in that game. It was literally going to be over, but the rain delay saved them. Mm-hmm. And then Ohio State, the final looked like a, a big margin. I think it was 41-20. to 20. It was 27-20 at one point. Uh, Tulsa kept it close for really two and a half, three quarters. And Ohio State woke up at the end to pull away. But, yeah, both of those teams fall despite getting wins. Um, Florida stays at 11. Um, good to see them not go down. I mean, honestly, I would have, I mean, Clemson and Ohio State ahead of them. I would have put Florida at nine and put Ohio State 10 and 11 because they played a hell of a lot better than uh, those two teams did. Uh, Penn State moves up to six. Iowa stays at five. And then Oklahoma falls from three to four. Um, and then our Badgers, who didn't play week two, stay at 18. So, yeah, that's all what really went on. Uh, kind of, I mean, there's a couple of good games uh, 
college football week three, but I mean, overall, for how many games that go on, it was kind of a, a dull week for once. Yeah. Uh, moving over then into the MLB, uh, the Brewers won their weekend series against the Cubs, taking two of three games and clinched their fourth straight postseason on Saturday. They continue in Milwaukee tonight with a series against the Cardinals. Uh, sticking with the Cardinals, they have been one of the hottest teams in baseball, winning eight straight they and taking do. a three-game lead uh, over the field for the second wild card spot. Uh, they have a three-game lead over the Phillies, and I think a three-and-a-half – or no, three-game lead over the Reds, three-and-a-half over the Padres and the Phillies. So um, – Carlos can help themselves by stealing a game or two in Milwaukee this week. Otherwise, Milwaukee can kind of knock them back down if they get swept and the Reds, Phillies, Padres uh, do well in their midweek series. So we'll kind of see what happens there. And the Cardinals are always the Brewers' kryptonite. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever it comes down to it at the end, the Cardinals, whatever, turn it on at the end of the season – and they fucking beat the Brewers and then taking it back to the only time that the Brewers have been in the World Series where they lost to the St. Louis Cardinals in six games. I mean, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that they clinched their playoff spot over the weekend because, I mean, not that I'm expecting the Brewers to kind of pull back the reins and take this series lightly, but it kind of it, it makes you feel a little bit better clinching that spot before going into a series like this. Um, moving on to the Yankees, they're slipping as of late, dropping yesterday's contest against the Indians, eleven to one, and now sit a game and a half back in the wild card race. So, uh, Yankees got some work to do in the last couple of weeks here. Uh, Cubs young stud Patrick Wisdom set a franchise rookie record for Chicago, going yard for the twenty seventh time in yesterday's win over the Brewers. And lastly, in Clayton Kershaw's recent return to the field. He picks up his first win since June as the Dodgers also on a hot streak have won eight of their last 10. And that's all I got for baseball. And you want to know what's funny? Shohei Otani struck out 10 in his loss just after days that they thought that they were going to shut him down for the season. Yeah. I'm super, I mean, they, they literally came out and said, like, we're shutting him down for the year. They said that they were thinking <laughs> about it. They yeah. We're probably going to shut him down. And then he goes out and strikes out 10. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. I mean, good for him to keep doing what he's doing. Obviously the AL MVP by landslide. Anytime he's out there on the field, the sport of baseball is getting mm -hmm. more eyes on it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, over to the ice then what's going on over there. So biggest news on the ice here, first off with the Arizona Coyotes arena in jeopardy, they're bringing back Kachina the Coyote as their primary logo. For those of you who don't know, that's the logo that they had all through the 90s. I don't even know when they ended up in changing it. Uh, it's a sweet, sweet logo. Um, and they're also bringing back the white jerseys as well. Uh, I think this is a great move for Arizona Coyotes fans and people around the world who still have these jerseys hanging up in their closets. Uh, they're bringing them back. Travis Zajac, um, longtime veteran, retires after signing a one-day contract with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, great career for you. Um, shout out to retirement. 
Big um, off-season news with Jack Eichel's struggle with Buffalo as far as dealing with his injury. He will, however, travel to Buffalo for teams pre-camp physical coming up this next um, in these next couple weeks. So we're going to see what happens there. Are they going to dish him or are they going to reach a deal? Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid um, up front. They secure a contract extension with Kair Yamamoto. Um, he plays with them on the power play a little bit. Um, he's one of McDavid's boys. And then one of the most shocking um, pieces of news over the past few days, Zdeno Chara signs a one-year deal with the New York Islanders, returning where it all began. Um, that is who he got drafted by and originally started playing with, so this is how he's going to kind of go out, making it the full, full circle all the way back around to where he started. So that New York Islanders team is going to be a tough team to beat this next year. Uh, for them getting as close as they did to beating Tampa, and now they get Zidane on the back end. <sighs> that team's going to be very good. And then a little bit of comment, comedy here for you guys. So Carolina Hurricane and the Montreal Canadiens have been going back and forth um, over Yasperi Kakaniemi. Turns out, um, so Carolina ended up extending him a contract um, earlier this offseason. Let me pull it up here because this is actually hilarious. <clears throat> so back in the day, kind of like a, a quick little recap. Uh, Montreal offered a tender to Sebastian Ajo, who's Carolina star forward um, during this offseason to try to get him on the team. So this season, um, Yasperi Kakaniemi is a free agent. So Carolina sent him an offer sheet and tweeting, people don't forget, um, at Montreal. So they extended him a 6.1, oh my God, $6.1 million contract this season with a $20 signing bonus. Um, that's what they, that's what they offered him. Turns out Montreal now has enough salary cap room to maneuver to get him back onto the roster with Shea Weber out this entire season that frees up enough cap room for them to match that 6.1 and all they'd have to give Kakaniemi is a $20 signing bonus because all they have to do is match that exact deal. Um, shit's going to be really interesting here as we get close to the season, um, regardless of where he ends up. Montreal and Carolina meet in Montreal on October 21st. So it's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up because he was a number three overall pick back in 2018. So um, Montreal can easily say, okay, 21, 6.1, and we're going to give you $21. <laughs> and you have no choice. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> The pettiness of some of those deals you see around professional sports, it's always, it's always awesome. Yeah, because that's in the NHL, that's how it works. You have restricted and then unrestricted free agents. Your unrestricted free agents, you can offer, other teams can literally offer them anything that they want. But if the team wants to match that offer, you have to like stay with your team. Or no, excuse me. He was he was um, tendered to an offer sheet, so he was a tendered restricted free agent. So it's only for restricted free agents where the team has a chance to, to sign and match that amount 
where they have to stay. And it, I mean, good, good bargaining, but for taking a $20 signing bonus. Yeah. For a one-year deal, even though you're getting paid a lot of money, 6.1 is very high for the NHL for one season. Yeah, that's almost insulting to say, oh, here's an extra $20, like, for signing a piece of paper. Like, I'll wipe my ass with that $20. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, looking around, um, doesn't look like anything. No, just the news finally came out about Carson Wentz. Sprains both his ankles. <laughs> um, oh, it. Carolina Panthers Christian McCaffrey expects to be fined for Thursday night's game. I didn't even know he was. He didn't unless, even really miss anything. Unless he, unless it's still from his lat, his dude. He literally last missed. Year. He missed one. No, he missed one series because they they he, they were winning. So now they're to get IVs for cramps. Oh yeah, that's what it says. Making a huge deal because he missed one series because he was cramping up. Like Jesus, the NFL they have nothing else to write about, dude. Yeah, well, it's the top the top three players at every position. If you can throw their names in the article, you're going to get clicks on it. Well, he is on pace. There's a lot of news around him this season because with the 17th game season, he'll be the first one who has a chance to break Chris Johnson's NFL record of yards in a season like all purpose mm-hmm. where chris johnson tw- did, had 2509 back in 2009 16 game i can see him doing that because he, he's usually he's on pace he's on pace for 20 2754 yards so he's on pace to break it by 250 yards so he, if if he's healthy and all that, he can afford to have one bad game basically and still beat it. <laughs> but he says he doesn't give a shit whether he gets it or not. They just want to win. Yeah, he's like, we have the team finally. We have a quarterback. We want to win. Well, sounds good. Then um, thanks everybody for tuning into today's episode and all of our episodes leading up till now. Um, quickly approaching that one hundred mark. Uh, recently just posted on all of our socials. I'll give it a shout out on here as well. Um, we're going to be doing a t-shirt giveaway upon our 100th episode. Uh, since we do three episodes a week, it's about three weeks away. I think it was October 9th. That Friday would be our 100th episode. So that weekend we'll be wrapping up that contest. Um, essentially go to any of our socials, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, um, Follow us on there, take three friends, sub to our YouTube, and you're entered into the contest to win a free T-shirt. Um, we'll be announcing that, again, the weekend of that, October 9th. Um, so, yeah, feel free to do that. Um, again, all the numbers we can get, appreciate we appreciate. Help our stuff move up the charts, competing with all the other sports podcasts that are out there. Um, uh, we do this for you guys, and uh, we're going to continue to do it for – very long time so um yeah for our audio episodes um spotify google podcast apple podcast check those out as well uh five star rating gets us up the charts on those as well um we have merch again t-shirts sweatshirts stickers mugs over on streamerloot.co otherwise down in the description below you can find that as well and we'll be back on wednesday to recap two nights Monday night football game. 
Sounds good. We'll be back on Wednesday.